0: Thanks for downloading Life Solved from the University of Portsmouth. This is the series where we hear how world-changing research is taking place here today to shape our tomorrow. Last time we heard how satellite imaging and crowdsourced data can help scientists and authorities prepare and respond better to disasters. And today we're hearing from a Portsmouth researcher, who's applying his science to support incredible feats of engineering.
1: Geomorphology is a, uh, to me is basically for trying to understand what the ground is like, what impact the ground conditions might have on an engineering project.
0: Malcolm Whitworth is a reader in Engineering, Geomorphology and Natural Hazards. Malcolm is a true applied scientist. He does both research and commercial work, advising companies on ground conditions and potential issues to help them plan their investigations ahead of a construction project. That might be on transport construction and maintenance, or vital resource pipelines. Either way, it's pretty essential to keep these connections open and operating safely. His main work can cover structures that extend for thousands of miles. He explained this to John Worsey.
1: So my work is mainly on some sort of linear infrastructure, so roads, railways, pipelines, very long, thin features, which mean they go across lots of variable geologies. You find it early on, it saves a vast amount and then later.
0: So preventing literal geological roadblocks in some cases, can save developers spending their resources on working around a problem, replanning or recovering their projects if, say, a landslide occurs. But how can you predict such an event? We'll find out. Malcolm was passionate about geology from a young age. But his interest in new technology combined with this when he started using satellite data to predict hazards.
1: Historically, it was always done via using uh, photographs and walk over, so you go out to site, you walk over, so you might spend a huge amount of time walking this, these areas. And that's where my kind of interest lies in applying these new technologies to understand the ground better and to try to predict uh, what the hazards might be. But natural hazards are, I suppose, something that, a natural process that has the potential to cause harm. Yeah. So that can be harm to people or it could be damage to infrastructure or communities or the environment. So the kind of things we're talking about are obviously things like big volcanic eruptions, earthquakes and ground shaking, big landslides, So, by that we mean where the slope fails and the material then comes down and that can have a big impact. It could be flooding, obviously is a major hazard in the UK, has a major impact on communities. Those are the kind of things uh, that we're talking about. So my interest is really around the slope stability and the landslide side, but I do some other, other hazards as well.
0: A typical impact report for Malcolm assesses what kind of hazard is present, how frequent and strong it is, and what the impact might be upon nearby communities and infrastructure like roads. From that, local authorities can make decisions on how to avoid or minimise creating these hazards.
1: I've done a lot of work in the UK for companies looking at hazards in the UK, slope stability, but also more generally in terms of risks to roads and pipelines from yeah. different types of hazards. So that spanned things like landslides through to flooding, through to what we term problematic ground. I've done focused work on landslides in Georgia, Kyrgyzstan, and I'm currently working in Tajikistan. And I've also just come back from China, where we're working with some... Chinese colleagues on also looking at the big highway construction they've got this you know the big highway construction they've got going on. What's important in my role is ensuring that we have a good understanding of the hazards but also their impact on communities and making sure that we reduce the impact of these hazards on communities. That's what I want to do is make sure that all my work has a a real human impact, i.e. reduction in fatalities um, and a, a sort of improvement in quality of life for those people who are living in areas that are subject to quite significant hazards. Yeah. So the primary thing for you is 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 people's safety and people's quality of life. Yeah exactly. And often things like for example, if a road is cut off, that has a major impact on trade, communication, um, etc. So it's all those additional factors that, that affect quality of life. So making sure that it's not people are hurt or killed. Us, that we don't want that, obviously. It's also making sure that towns aren't affected and roads and stuff yeah. aren't affected. And so those routes are available for them to use.
0: Malcolm's current work is focused on one of the most important trade routes in the world, the enormous Pamir Highway, or M41. But this highway is subject to major hazards as it stretches across often mountainous terrain as it wends its way across Afghanistan, Uzbekistan... Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan. It regularly suffers from erosion, earthquakes, landslides and even avalanches and yet provides a vital international trade route along the former Silk Road. A pretty beautiful and inspiring place to work so closely with the landscape. Satellite data is crucial to understanding such a long stretch of terrain though. And there's a good reason Malcolm favours this kind of observation rather than drones on this scale.
1: Drones have been used, but uh, in Tajikistan they're very sensitive about drones. Right. Like they're not allowed for like drone flights. Right, But we have used drones to look at hazards in a lot of detail. We've done work in Iceland, looking at active tectonics. We've done work in the UK, looking at some landsliding and landslide monitoring. So they can be used. But because the area we're talking about is 11,000 square kilometres, so it's a very large yes. area. So it's the second highest altitude highway in the world. And it does link the two main administrative regions, but also links most of the countries to China. It also links Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, uh, Tajikistan together. So it's a really, really important highway. Yeah. And it's the only major road that goes through those mountains. And historical, right? Because it was part of the Silk Road originally, yeah, so it's it always been a really yeah. important trade route. I think it still remains that, yeah. So it's, it's quite new. And also it was, was built the, during the 30s by the Russians, but also is now part of a European highway as well. So the Europeans now consider it part of ah, some yeah. of the sort of international links as well. So, right. so it's an incredibly important trade route yeah. um, between those countries. So, um, but unfortunately, it's affected by landslides, earthquakes on a regular basis. So it, it is a real problem. Because often the landslide goes across the road, you can't pass the landslide, mm. and you've got a huge amount of material to remove it can block the road and delay for for days. What is it about that area then that makes it so prone to landslides and earthquakes? Well, basically, the the fundamental thing is it's a mountain range, so you've got very steep slopes, you've got lots of erosion, weak geology, and you've also got earthquakes which when you shake the ground, then you make the ground. The ground can fail, yeah. obviously, if you shake it. You've also got river erosion as well. So you've all the, got all the factors that would uh, contribute to your failure. But the main one is such a fact It's just such a steep mountainous
0: terrain. It's natural for landslides and erosions to take place on mountains. But how do you go about managing that?
1: Definitely yearly basis, following sort of the, the spring period, they, the road will come to a halt yeah. until they get teams out to clear it. So it's on a regular basis. It also depends on which, which part of the road to look in as well. Yeah. So some are more mountainous than others and are more susceptible to slope failures.
0: A small team of students work on behalf of the design firm Arup and the World Bank on a three-stage project, the first part of which is mapping.
1: We're using some imagery provided to us by the European Space Agency. Right, so satellite um, imagery. Satellite imagery yeah. yeah. So really very high-quality data, and we're using that to look at the landscape and identify landslides from the imagery. We're also using other data sets as well to corroborate that. But essentially, we're producing what's an inventory, which is basically a map that shows that all the landslides are. Yeah. And then we're trying to identify the type. Are they big or have the size? Yeah. But also trying to understand how often they occur. So we're kind of looking back in time yeah. to see how old that landslide is, to see how frequently they occur. So if we can see they're occurring every five years, or every ten years, yeah. we get an idea about what the kind of, what we tend to encourage into the lizard of, yeah. of that problem, and that helps us to understand the impact on the road. So then once we've done that, we are then looking at the road. So what's the vulnerability of the road, the standard of the road, the maintenance of it, et cetera, yeah. where it's been affected by landslides before. And then what we're doing is we're producing a combined risk, which is where we're saying, okay, given these landslides in these areas, what is the impact on the road? How long will the road be closed, etc. And that helps us, the community, understand if that's closed, what the impact will be financially, et, yeah. et cetera, on the communities. You could prevent that from happening by maybe these simple measures and maybe in those areas that are of the highest problem, they could put in some simple mitigation that might prevent the road being completely blocked and therefore mean the road stays open longer.
0: So mapping helps make informed predictions about the scale, frequency and community impact of a landslide, both in terms of human safety, access and economy. Looking ahead like this helps developers avoid problem spots and in some cases keep roads open. That means authorities and developers can focus resources in the most important places or build preventative structures.
1: You provide essentially a map which says, there's your road, Uh, we've done our work and we think that these particular sections are the ones that we think are going to be most problematic.
0: But this is only one part of the equation. The evaluation and modelling stages then take into account other environmental factors, and piece the data together to make predictions.
1: We, things like geology, rainfall, groundwater, river and erosion, we put all that data together yeah. and then we take the landslide mapping we've done, yeah. we combine them together and that tells us about, okay, that area is very prone because you get a lot of rainfall and you've got this weak geology and you've got very steep slopes. Yes. So once we know that's a precursor, we go, oh, that area of there is pretty similar. Even though it may not have had the landslide, what we say is because it's got similar precursory conditions, we say that may also be susceptible. So we use that as a sort of a a predictive tool to identify areas that may be affected. But we also do modelling whereby, particularly for debris flows, we found very long ones. So these things will start at a mountain, Mm. but will flow for several kilometres down okay. before it hits the road so right. so those are really difficult because those are not ones that we would necessarily predict they start and they just keep moving for such a long time and presumably the further it goes the harder it is to get yeah. where it's going to hit absolutely and it follows the valley but the thing is it's what's termed bulking so as it's going down it's picking up more material yeah. so it's getting more and more dangerous so when it hits the road it's, it's actually much bigger than it was when it started so and that's taken us by surprise. So we, we found these big, long run-out slides. We've gone, whoa. We, in the imagery, we didn't know they were there until, until Pat's mapped them. And we've gone, oh, oh, that's amazing. But how do we look at those? Because those don't fit our model because yeah. they're so unusual. So we've had to develop some new ways to think about how we're going to model those hazards because they are so unusual.
0: And this study is just the beginning of a wider piece of work.
1: So landslides can hit vehicles. It's, right. it's quite unusual, but if they do, there is the risk of death from that yeah. if it's a big landslide. But mainly it's static structures, so buildings. Right. So towns and villages that are built along that road right. would be affected by the landslides as well. So yeah, so there's the road element and the potential uh, death of drivers going along, which is, which is not very high, but it is a consideration, but it's more people living in the neighbouring towns on the neighbouring yeah. slopes. Gotcha. So, but I mean, I think another... The thing is that, uh, obviously, the, the World Bank puts a lot of money into these sort of studies. So I think that what we hope is that once this is done, that it will lead on to further work for, our, for example, where they will get funding to go and do further work in these yeah. types of regions, both in terms of understanding, but also maybe some mitigation as well yeah. to help keep that road open.
0: Combining geological science with rapidly advancing technology and elegant engineering Malcolm's passionate about keeping our world connected, safely.
1: What I love about my job is the fact that it's very practical, it's very applied in the sense that it's very real world, it helps communities as a really direct application on a very quick turnaround, so it's almost yeah. instant.
0: Next time, we'll talk to Dr James Darling about what the study of the Moon and Mars can tell us about our own mysterious and beautiful planet.
1: Just the huge technological development and the the human achievement that's part of helping us to understand our place in the solar system, but also driving a huge amount of technological development.
0: You can find more episodes of Life Solved on this podcast feed and explore other world-changing research from the University of Portsmouth. Just follow us on your favourite podcast app and find out more on our website at port.ac.uk slash research.